0: Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm grateful to be here with you today to sit in this space and be, be with the grief and in the healing, to create space for peace and to share hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hi, my friend. Welcome to episode 165, Calming Fear. Fear is a tricky emotion because it's vital. It's vital that we have fear. Fear is a mechanism that keeps you safe. But so frequently, especially in our modern world, we fear experiences and we fear emotions that feel scary, but are relatively harmless. Fear of the harmless or exaggerated fear is not helpful. Inappropriate fear can keep you stuck instead of safe. Exaggerated emotion can exaggerate your reactions and hamper your progress. But how do you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference between fear that keeps you safe and fear that keeps you stuck? And when you do identify fear that is keeping you stuck, what can you do about it to move forward? Because fear is really there as a warning signal but sometimes that warning signal is broken. Have you ever gotten in a car and all the warning lights are going off and you're like, something's not right here. I don't think it's the actual thing that it's warning that's broken as much as it is the warning light. In fact, years ago, I had a Suburban that had a, I think it was an aftermarket alarm system and the alarm system started going off randomly in the middle of a drive. Like literally I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden the alarm would go off on the car and the car would lock. The car would lock and the alarm system would would go off. It was really annoying. And obviously someone wasn't trying to break into our car because I was sitting in the car driving it. And it took a lot of effort to disable that system and get that car working correctly again so that it wasn't doing that. I re- I was in a parking lot. Why were we there? I can't even remember. But anyway, we we I was with my kids and I think I'd gone somewhere to drop them off or to pick them up. There wasn't a lot there weren't a lot of people around. And then all of a sudden the alarm system goes off. The doors lock and we're standing outside the car and I'm thinking, are the police gonna show up and go, are you trying to steal this car? And then I'm gonna have to try to prove that it's actually my car, all the stuff. It was it was a it was a challenge. But that's kind of like what we experience in grief, isn't it? It's like all the alarm bells are going off. Loss creates this confusion and heightens our fear and it's if all the warning bells are going off. Fear is definitely heightened during grief. Everything starts to feel like an emergency. Everything starts to feel like it needs a warning signal. And some of those warning signals can feel like fear, and that fear can work its way into anxiety or worry. And I saw a woman on Instagram reminding people that as they were sending their kids back to school, that school struggles are rarely an emergency. And I thought, what a great message because how often do we have an issue come up and then we think, Oh, I got to solve this right now. And we just, we feel this fear. We feel this worry. We feel this anxiety and we've got to figure out how to solve it right this minute. And So often the situation doesn't need to be solved immediately and could actually benefit from some space and some time to formulate a plan to figure out what we want to do next. I want to offer some thoughts for you as you navigate grief. And by navigating grief, you're navigating these heightened sense of fear and anxiety and worry. And the first thing is to just recognize that you are more sensitive. And what didn't worry you before may worry you now. The second thing is to choose to not believe everything your fear is telling you. Now, you don't want to undo all your fear mechanisms. That would not be appropriate. I remember years ago when I was in high school, I was in a park downtown. I grew up in Clearwater, Florida, we were in downtown Clearwater. And it was after dark, it wasn't super late, but it was after dark. And I was in this park that was by the library. And as we sat in this park talking, me and my friend, all of a sudden, we saw somebody coming from another direction and there were other people off in the distance. But for some reason, both of us, both of us had an instant warning that went off that it wasn't a good situation. And we got out of there immediately. We went straight to our car and left. We hardly even said anything to each other. We just hurriedly got up and left. We don't want to turn that off, that's important that sense that something is off is important for us to stay connected to. But also knowing that we're extra sensitive, it's necessary sometimes for us to slow it all down. And one of the best ways to slow things down and to take a closer look at something is to write it out. Write out what's really concerning you and then start asking some questions is this fear valid? Is it an emergency? These are some of the questions that I find myself asking clients when they're in a panic about something. Okay, is, is this fear a heightened emotion or is it a valid fear and it's actually an emergency? Like sitting in that dark park and both of us had that response that something's not right here. This person that just showed up close to us, and t- their intentions are not good. And, and when, we're, when you're dealing with grief and your emotions are already heightened, sometimes it's hard to make that distinction. But I just encourage you to sense through it. When you have that immediate hit like that, and you've got to move, move. But when you feel that heaviness of anxiety and worry, and this prolonged fear, it's time to start asking some questions. Is this fear valid? Is it truly an emergency? And if your brain tries to tell you that it is an emergency, I just had a situation this week where I felt my emotions really exaggerated and I started going, wait, is this really an emergency? And of course, my brain wanted to say, yes, yes, it's really an emergency. And then I had to ask it again. Okay, is it really? Is it really? How could this situation benefit from space to process the emotions? And one of the things I find is when I ask that question, I, I realize that if I've allowed my emotions to get exaggerated, so what happens is we have a thought, And this is so common when you're grieving too. We have a thought that produces an emotion. Then we spiral in that thought emotion loop. So then the emotion starts to fuel the thought, which heightens the emotion and goes back and forth until we've created a tornado, a tornado of emotion. And that's never, ever, ever a good place to act from. First, we have to calm the emotions. So we start to ask those questions. Is this valid? What is really happening here? What happens if I don't do anything right now? What happens if I just spend the time relaxing my own nervous system instead of responding from this place of heightened emotion? And when we start to ask those questions, then we can say, What is my next right step? And sometimes the next right step is doing nothing. Sometimes what we see as an emergency is actually none of our business or isn't truly an emergency. And when we show up with heightened emotion, we create more conflict, more difficulty. It's a really good idea to find ways to relax your autonomic nervous system. Now, how do we do that? The two things that immediately come to mind for me is deep breathing is huge. In a moment, in a moment, I can stop everything and just take a couple of deep breaths, diaphragmic breaths, where you feel your belly expand and your, and your chest, like you, you pull in your belly as you exhale. You feel your belly expand as you inhale and you slow your breathing down. Breathing is, is part of that that bridge between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Breathing is huge. Another thing that immediately comes to mind for me, because these are practices that I use that I find really, really helpful, is meditation. And when I say meditation, a meditation that relaxes the autonomic nervous system may look as simple as turning on soft music, and just slowing the breath down and redirecting your thoughts. Redirecting your thoughts to something calming. One of the things I love to do is I love to use imagery and I love to just imagine divine light filling my being. And that can be from the top of my head as I feel it f- fill my, my head, my throat, come down into my chest, activate my heart, and that light just pour through me. That's one way I love to do a meditation. You can do Guided meditations, which can be super helpful as you're getting started with meditation, is to have a guided meditation because then the guide helps you to direct your thoughts and move you from the place of I'm in danger to a place of okay, now I'm going to focus here instead. A couple of other things that can be really useful is just going outside and sitting in the grass, really just feeling grounded sitting there putting your hands in the grass feeling the ground against your against your bottom just interacting with nature in a calm way another thing is walking anything that to move your body helps to calm the nervous system So what do we do to keep our nervous system calm or calmer, I should say, is practicing one of these things on a daily basis. Do you have a practice each day that helps you to connect to who you are, to feel the calm and the peace of the moment, and to just slow everything down and to recognize your safety in the moment. I truly hope that this discussion on fear and calming fear, recognizing that fear has its place, but can easily go out of control like my vehicle that thought that it was constantly being broken into (laughs) and can, you know, send all the warning lights When we go through this and we practice this and we start to see, okay, what's really an emergency, you can become more connected with yourself and doing something on a daily basis for five to 10 minutes. I'm not talking about spending hours and hours meditating or doing yoga or walking. If those things are supportive to you, of course, but if you don't have a daily practice right now that helps you to calm your nervous system, this is the time to start. This is the time to to invest in yourself. Just five to 10 minutes, pick one thing that you're going to do every day. And that's your moment to reconnect to yourself and to calm everything down. And when you practice that, when you practice that in those moments and those five to 10 minute increments, then when things come up, it is easier to get back to a place of calm. It's not easy, but it becomes easier over time. All right. Know that I love you, that I believe in you. Have a fabulous week. Bye.